just happen to have Dr. Paul Nestor on the line with us, who is a, uh, let's see, his doctorate is in, uh, PhD is in weed science and entomology, I do believe, from Texas A&M. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine this morning. How are you? It's a beautiful day. It's a wonderful day. I I'm wondering, isn't, um, it says PhD in weed science. Isn't that kind of a pejorative term? I mean, you know, don't you feel bad saying that some things are weeds when maybe they're just misplaced plants? Well, that, that's, that's our whole definition of a weed is misplaced plant. Okay. The I is how you can manage that misplaced plant out of the placed plant. Uh-huh. How's that? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, actually, I was more interested in finding out about the fire ants and uh, seeing sure. what's going on with that. What, what, what is the story of all the fire ants right now? Well, uh, right now, any time after a rain event, uh, the, the mounds release their mating pairs. That's the uh, males and females weaned alate. So you're liable to see a lot of weaned uh, ants around pools and things like that because they're going to be releasing those pairs and they're going to mate. And then the uh, newly mated queen drops to the ground and she'll find her place to uh, start a mound and she'll start laying eggs. And in a couple of weeks, you're going to have some active mounds. You may not see them, but they're going to be active and you're going to have some stinging foraging ants going after you. So it's a uh, uh, you know, this this time of the year is a great time to start planning fire ant management for your yard. Well, it, it seems kind of, uh, I didn't realize this. So they wait until there's a rain, and then they hook up and fly away? Yeah, no, well, they fly away first, then they hook up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they fly, do they fly away together? Uh, no, no, oh. they're... Uh, Normally, the, uh, uh, the both uh, males and females be released from the mounds. They'll just fly up in the air, and then the males will uh, uh, find the females, and then, then they'll mate. And uh, uh, we don't know. It's just a dynamic of, of, ant, you know, of ants that uh, after e precipitation events and things like that, they tend to release uh, mating pairs, especially the, the fire ants. That's why in our area, we, since we're in the Gulf Coast, we have periodic rains in different areas. So every time there's a rain in an area, the fire ants in that area is going to release their mating pair. So we constantly have pressure from a, a newly mated queens flying around and dropping onto areas and starting new mounds. So we have constant pressure with the fire ant through the uh, warm months. Now, D Dr. Paul, I'm, I'm an Aggie myself here, so sure. per perhaps my thinking is convoluted. But when you say they're released, I imagine some guard ant saying, okay, you guys can go now, it's raining. So Believe it, it or not, no, it's after it rains, the uh, worker ants will open the mound up. The only time you'll see holes in a fire ant mound, they'll open the mound up, and then they will encourage the uh, uh, winged alates to uh, really? the mound. And, uh, and that's just what happens, and then th this will occur. In the early spring, you'll see the highest amount because the, the mounds have been a little uh, dormant over the, the colder months. But during the uh, uh, rest of the warm months, as soon as you have a rain event in an area and you have active fire ant mound, uh, they'll release mated pairs. So these worker ants, when they open up the mound, what do they do? Are they, are they making promises to these other, you know, when they say they're in, <laughs> how, how does one encourage a couple of ants to take uh, off they line? They open it up. I mean, it's, it's all a dynamic of the mound. After okay. the rainfall, you know, the, they'll open it up and then they'll just, just show the, the wean day lates the way out, and there they go. You know, they'll they'll climb up on areas they're released from the ground. They'll climb up on weeds or uh, plants or whatever, and just uh, fly off into the air. And then they'll uh, the the winged uh, male will find the winged female, and they'll mate. And then she drops to the ground, and the rest is history. 
Is there anything that the winged males do along the lines of peacocks to uh, show off for the females, or is it just kind of a... No, they do, normally they uh, they have odors, and okay. just uh, uh, and they're, you know, they, they can release those, and there can be some attraction there, but, it, you know, it, it's really hard to tell because no one's really able to measure anything in the air itself, so, uh, uh, but they're, they're attracted to each other, and uh, uh, the male finds the female, and then that's, uh, you know, then they'll, they'll mate, and that's, that's what happens, and then so... Uh, then you'll have a, uh, when she drops to the ground, she has a viable new fire ant population. Wow. So if you put lots of little sticky cards hanging around the mound, would that help cut down? I mean, how do you control these guys? I mean, they're taking no, off. Well, the, the, the best, to us, the most <laughs> environmentally sound way of controlling fire, ant, uh, fire ants is through fire ant baits. Okay. Because uh, you, you have to kill the queens and kill the immatures. Okay. You know, or you will not have any good fire ant reduction, population reduction. You can spread a pesticide on top of the ground all day long, but all you're doing is killing the foraging ants. You're not really addressing the queens and immatures. You can think of the immatures as the next generation of ants. Think of the queens, and she's laying eggs all the time, as the next generations of ants. So unless you can control the queen and control the immatures, you're not going to get a good reduction in fire ant population over your area. We like fire ant baits. They're a food source. The foraging ants pick the food up. They're your delivery system. They take the bait, take it down into the mound where they feed it to the immatures. The bait's digested. Now this active ingredient that's in the bait that's in the ground now is passed amongst all the other workers, all the other immatures, and the queens, and the mound starts to die from within. So you're killing your next generations of ants by using fire ant bait. So... Uh, you just, uh, over time, you'll start to see a good reduction in your fire ant population. We're never going to get rid of them because of the constant movement of the queens in the air, but we can reduce the population where you reduce the chance you come in contact with the fire ant mound. And that's the whole idea, you know, because of their nasty sting, their health and safety issues. We want to make sure that we reduce the mounds so there's a less chance you're going to get stung by one of these ants. Dr. Paul, is there any, any organic system at all that's working, or basically do we just have to there, nu we, nuke there, these guys? There is an organic bait, uh, bait made by Fertilone. It has the active ingredient spinosad. Spinosins are a, a fer, fer, fermentation product from bacteria that's uh, uh, fermented, and the spinosins are extracted. But this product is then formulated, so you have a natural product that's on a bait particle, that you can spread in gardens, in organic gardens. It is labeled for organic gardens, and then you can spread it around your yard if you if you want to. So there there are some organic products. Plus, there is a liquid spinosad that can be mixed up as a fire ant mound drench that works real well. There's a lot of other concoctions people use, and you know, <laughs> and that's fine. But what happens is those are only single mound treatments. You can only treat the mounds you see. You never treat the mounds you don't see. Okay. By broadcasting a bait over a yard, all the foraging ants from mounds you see and mounds you don't see have access to the bait. They pay, take it back to their respective mounds. The bait does its job, and then you have a good reduction in population over an area, not just a single mound here and there that you see. Until it rains and another, and another pregnant female drops <laughs> in and starts laying eggs all over again. Now, that, that's the only problem with baits is that they're curative and not preventative. They will cure the problem you have when you put the bait out, they will not prevent those new females from dropping down. So we recommend baiting twice a year. We call it the Texas two-step. <laughs> uh, come on now, you bait in the spring, you bait in the fall. That's the first step. 
and then you follow that up with a single mount treatment as needed, product of your choice. You don't want to use a beta again. You want to use some other product, whether it be a like a spinosad mound drench. If you want to do an organic product, you know product, uh, you can use some other, you know, any other type of mound treatments because the the queens and immatures are dead, but you still may have a few workers walking around within the mounds because it takes several weeks for them to starve to death. Because once you kill the queen, kill, kill the immatures, you kill the food source available to these workers. So they're still going to crawl around slowly starve to death. Okay. So they put something on top of the mound, you knock them down, and then you have a good population reduction. And about six months later, you're going to maybe start seeing new mounds, but you're going to have less mounds because you reduced your population the first time. So this time you use your bait, your perceived control is going to be much greater, and you're going to have less chance of coming in contact with a fire ant tube for it to sting you. So spring and fall, early May, Mid-May is the best time to spread fire ant baits. Follow up again in late September, October with a similar treatment, and then use a single mound treatment as needed called the Texas Two-Step. That's what the Texas A&M Agri-Life Extension <laughs> Service promotes. Dr. Paul, back when you were in yeah. uh, junior high, did you realize you were going to be one of the world authorities on <laughs> fire ants? Or in, in... No, I tell you what, I, I didn't become a... Uh, involved with fire ants, and I was, uh, you know, I went to get my PhD down at Louisiana State University, mm-hmm. and uh, I was out uh, in some uh, soybean plots, and I wondered why my legs were tingling. <laughs> <laughs> I was down there, and all of a sudden, I was rudely introduced to fire ants, and from then on, they've just kind of been a novelty to me. Uh, when I started with Texas A&M back in nineteen. 19- uh, 99, I started with the Fire Ant Project, and from then on, they've just kind of been one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, I just like to deal with fire ants. They're really amazing to me. Well, in all of your research, have you found yeah. anything good about ants? Anything at all? Oh, well, no. The ants, ants are, yeah, they're, they're part of our ecosystem, and they, uh, uh, you know, fire ants can be very beneficial in, in you know, taking out a, uh, in fact, farmers, they like fire ants for a biological control of a lot of some of their foliage feeders and their cotton fields and their, and their corn fields and things like that. So uh, it has some, uh, some positives. It's just that their sting is so nasty. So we consider them really an urban problem. They're a health and safety issue in urban areas. In a rural area with farmers, they're an economic issue. You know, how are they affecting my production system? Are they affecting my cattle? Are they affecting my equipment? You know, what do I need to do? And the uh, and the uh, downtown Houston, around uh, parks and all that, they're a health and safety issue. You know, okay. How do I protect my kids from getting these things? So we really consider them exactly. to really be an urban issue versus a rural issue. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really no appreciate problem. it. And it's uh, amazed by your thorough knowledge. It's uh, fantastic yeah, to talk to someone like you. Thanks for all that research. I appreciate it. Well, hey, anytime you need something, give me a call. Yes, <laughs> okay. sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. Right, thank you. Have a good day. You yes, bet. sir. Dr. Paul Nestor from uh, Texas A&M.